What does the future hold for Marcelo Zuna? What are some trade candidates the Braves could be looking at at the deadline? What happens to Spencer Strider? When and if Mike Soroka returns, does Strider stay in the rotation long term? We'll talk about that and so much more on today's mailbag episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I'm your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including your Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves so you can be part of the conversation, send in any comments, feedback, questions like we have on today's episode uh, that you may have. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well. really does help out the show a ton. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, this is a full mailbag episode. We will preview the Cub series at the end. We'll be taking a lot of your questions, talking about Marcelo Zuna and his future with the team, Spencer Strider, and what his future is with the team, whether it be the starter or does he go back to the bullpen, uh, what happens when and if Mike Soroka comes back, and we'll be comparing the Mets pitching staff versus the Braves pitching staff. So a lot of great questions submitted by you, and I'm looking forward to discussing with you today and in the comments section once this episode is posted. So let's jump right in with our first question. This one coming from Chris Shaffey, who says, what are your thoughts on Ozuna and his future with the Braves? What moves do you see the Braves making during the trade deadline? I want to focus on Marcelo Ozuna here. And I think, I think if the Braves could have, they would have traded him by now. I think they would have traded him in the offseason. I think that's just a hard move to make. I don't see them trading him right now. And look, he hasn't been terrible. A 703 OPS. I mean, he's he's been kind of hot and cold here and there. Uh, so it's not like he's necessarily killing the Braves in the lineup. I think more so they would just like to save as much of that money as they could. And I don't think his off-field issues have been a distraction. I think for the most part, you know, for better or worse, a lot of people have put that behind them at this point. I just think the Braves would want to trade him to try to get back some of that money or as much of that money as they can because to me while he's not terrible a 703 OPS he's not the player that the Braves signed he's not the 800 OPS guy that the Braves thought they would be getting when they signed him and the contract is actually going up he's going to make 18 million over the next two years and has a one million dollar buyout of the season after that which is a team option which I can't imagine would be picked up. So he has 37 million left on his contract. So if the Braves were to trade him, it would simply be a money dump. He has little to no value in a trade right now because again, 700 OPS, you know, but a league average or, or maybe even a little below and because of the money that he has left. So do I think the Braves want to trade him? Yes. Will they trade him this season? No, I just don't think that's something that happens in season. I think maybe 
in the offseason. Maybe you find a team that's willing to take on Ozuna and a prospect, or uh, maybe you're able to find a, a salary swap, uh, maybe a player who doesn't have another year left, um, something creative like that. Those deals typically happen more in the offseason than they do during the season. So I don't see the Braves trading Ozuna during this season, but I will. I do think Alex Anthabas will explore that as much as possible in the offseason. As far as moves the Braves can make at the trade deadline, uh, look, there's. I really don't see a need anywhere. I mean, you can always make moves, make trades to try to improve your bench and the depth of your team, and we'll probably see some moves like that. But right now, with the way things stand, there's really not a need for a move. It's And I've been saying this for a while, even when the Braves were struggling, it's on this team to either get it done or not get it done. The Braves made their big moves in the offseason, and I feel like the budget is already stretched pretty thin. I don't see them making a ton of moves, especially when you're already hoping to get Eddie Rosario back and Eddie Rosario who can see. You're potentially going to get Mike Soroka back. Hopefully Tyler Matzik is coming back. Hopefully Kirby Yates is coming back around the All-Star break, and who knows what he will be like. So the Braves have some pieces who are coming back. Oh, by the way, Ozzie Albies, who could be back hopefully by the end of the year. Those are some big pieces that the Braves could potentially be getting back later in the year. So there's really not – I mean, where are you going to upgrade at this point? You're not upgrading right field where Acuna is. You're not upgrading center field where Michael Harris is. That was really the one position where I thought the Braves could make a move would be to upgrade center field, and they just did that internally by bringing up Michael Harris. So unless he just all of a sudden starts to really slump and struggle, which is possible, he's a rookie and wants the league adjust to him, certainly is possible, but I just don't see them making a move in center. Again, Rosario coming back could set up a good platoon with him and Adam Duvall. I know Adam Duvall's splits have been kind of back and forth between righties and lefties, but you know you have two potential options there in left field. We already talked about Ozuna. You have him hogging up the DH spot, which honestly could probably be better used with by William Contreras at this point, but you don't want to over overwork your backup catcher. Uh, catcher's not a position. You're looking to upgrade. That's one of the best duos in all of baseball. First base isn't an upgrade. Second base, if depending on the health of Ozzie Albies and how hot Orlando Arcia plays or stays at that position, perhaps you could look to make an upgrade there. Um, shortstop, you're not doing anything. Dancy's been your MVP all year. And third base, you're not doing anything. So there's nothing in the lineup offensively you're looking to upgrade. Again, it, it would just be bench pieces at that point. And then the starting rotation, Freed, Wright, um, Anderson, Morton, those guys aren't going anywhere. You have Spencer Strider. You know, if you wanted to get another veteran for the rotation, I guess you could. But, I mean, for right now, there's not really any use there. I mean, you can always make upgrades in the bullpen. I think a lot will depend on how Tyler Matzik comes back. Do they look like the Tyler Matzik that we're used to, that we've seen over the past you know year plus? Um, how does Kirby Yates come back? Does he look like one of the best relievers in all of baseball like he was before his injury? So a lot of it depends on how some of these injured guys come back as well. But, I mean, uh, you tell me, where would you make an upgrade on this team? I just don't really see where there's a huge need right now to make an upgrade. All right, next question comes from Brando. 
And I really like this question. He says, um, as I've never been in competitive sports at any level besides high school and calling that performance competitive is very generous. I'm wondering if you could shed some light on how a clubhouse meeting can help a team go from severely mediocre to the team we're watching now. And this is a great question because it's it's always kind of this debate in major league professional sports is what does a team meeting really do? These are professional athletes. These are, for the most part, grown men. Um do they really need to be told to, hey, buckle up and do your best? Are they not trying to do that every day? So, uh, you know, there's always just this kind of debate of, is this thing really necessary? Does it really work? I'll say this, and we don't, I don't have any insight to what Brian Snicker said, but, you know, think of it as, have you ever gotten, you know, called into the office by a principal, by your office, or uh, even by your parents say, hey, you're not doing things the right way, shape up or or a business standpoint, if your boss or what or your supervisors ever called you in and said, hey, you're not performing up to our expectations. If you don't, things could start to change. And again, I don't know what the tone was in Brian Snickers uh, meeting, what he addressed. Uh, could he very well have said, hey, you guys are not performing up to your capabilities. If you don't start doing that soon we're going to start looking to make some changes and that could have sparked players to you know maybe focus up a little bit more there's also a, you know a very serious world series hangover effect and maybe the braves just need to say or snicker just need to say hey wake up it's a new season you guys are not performing like the world champions look i i don't know what he said and i don't know what he could have said to really spark the run that this team is on and keep in mind the Braves have played a very soft schedule. Now, that being said, going 14-0 and is no easy task in professional baseball, um, no matter who you're playing. So the run they're on is, is just absolutely incredible. But I don't know that there's a great answer for this other than I think maybe they just needed a, a reset. And as bad as that loss was on that Tuesday against the Diamondbacks, I think that was the perfect spot to have a team meeting to say, guys, why are you not playing up to your capabilities? Are you are you resting on the fact that you just won a World Series? Are you out here to con, to compete and show the world that you are still the best team in, in all of baseball? Again, without having any insight to what was said, it's kind of hard to know exactly what sparked this team. But I think it definitely was necessary, needed, and I think it has you know put the Braves on a better path and gotten them to wake up which is what I would have said to the Braves at that point if I were in that team meeting is wake up. You guys are sleepwalking through this season, coming off a World Series win. You're not playing. You're not performing to what you are capable of. It's time to wake up and get going, and that's ex exactly what this team has done. So some great questions there. Uh, next, we'll take a look at some questions comparing the Mets to the Braves pitching staff and what they will do with Spencer Strider as the season goes on. A little bit of College World Series uh, action in there as well. Our next pro partner has a product I use uh, literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to better gut health. As I get older, that's something that I struggle with every day. And AG1 has helped or worked wonders uh, in that area. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focused and aging. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. 
You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him nearly $100 a day. So he created Athletic Greens after that terrible experience to help you put together your nutritional insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of water and a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Make sure you go to athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Helps out the show a ton. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Next question from E. Goldie says, assuming all key pieces are healthy, Soroka, Matzik, DeGrom, Scherzer, which team do you believe has the better pitching staff top to bottom, Mets or Braves? So let's look at the stats for a second this year. You look at starter ERA, the Mets are at 401, the Braves are at 424, so very similar there. You look at bullpen ERA, and the Braves are at 291. And the Mets are at 366. So very similar starter ERAs. The Braves bullpen has been much better than the Mets bullpen. But you go down the rotation and you look at the matchups. Freed versus DeGrom. What does DeGrom look like coming off his injury? Is he the DeGrom we're used to seeing? You know, if so, I think the Mets win that matchup. But Max Freed's capable of adding or matching zeros with DeGrom through seven innings. I think he's very capable of doing that. So it's a matchup I feel like the Braves can win. If you're just saying who's the better pitcher, DeGrom is the better pitcher. You look at next, and I think Wright's moved up into that two spot for the Braves. You look at Wright versus Scherzer. Again, what type of Scherzer are we getting? He looked outstanding earlier in the year, but how does he look like coming off injury? If he looks like the Scherzer we saw at the beginning of the year, then he's better than Kyle Wright. But again, I think Cal Wright is more than capable of matching Max Scherzer over six innings. I think if you, if you look at Freed and DeGrom, and the high bar for them is seven innings and one run or less, and then you look at Wright and Scherzer, I think they're both guys that go six innings, giving up two earned or less. And the Braves have had really good at-bats against Max Scherzer as well, so it's not a matchup that necessarily scares me. But again, I think it's the matchup the Braves can win, but if you're just talking who's the better pitcher, I think you have to give the nod to Scherzer. Then you look at the next three matchups here. You know, Morton versus Taiwan Walker, Ian Anderson versus Carlos Carrasco, Mike Soroka, what does he look like, versus Chris Bassett. Those are all pretty even matchups. Those are toss-up matchups. Those, to me, are all number three starters right now. And and so I think those are all kind of toss-up matchups. So you look at that starting rotation for each, and if you're just saying on paper who's better, I'd probably give the edge to the Mets just because DeGrom and Scherzer, when they are on, and if they're pitching like they're capable of pitching and having the pass, are two of the best pitchers in all of baseball. But again, their matchups, I think the Braves can win. And a lot depends on Charlie Morton and Ian Anderson. What are they going to be? Because right now, they're just, I don't have a lot of confidence in either one of them. But if they get back to being the pitchers we're used to seeing that are going to go out there and give you six, seven innings every time, you know, two earned or less. And then I think the Braves starting staff is better and deeper, but they're just not those guys right now. They're pitching more like number three, four starters. So that's why I say, you know, those top two matchups, uh, you know, those are your top two starters. 
the rest of the starters for each rotation, I think are middle of the rotation starters. So I think it's, it is very even and the numbers from the season say that as well, that the numbers are very even, but the Mets are just a little bit better. So I'd give the nod to the Mets on the starting rotation, but you look at the bullpen and again, assuming health here, you got Jansen mentor, hopefully Matzik comes back and is the Matzik from the postseason. If you move Strider back to the bullpen, which we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second, and you got Will Smith, perhaps Kirby Yates comes back. If he is the guy that he's been in the past, you know, it's a very, you know, really good five to six arms you have in the bullpen, not to mention all the other guys in the bullpen where the Braves that have been very good, Dylan Lee, Jack Stevens, Colin McHugh, Darren O'Day. And the Braves bullpen is just very deep, but those are five guys that you really can count on, you know, in a postseason situation or, um, you know, a, a playoff run stretch at the end of the year. You look at the Mets bullpen, you know, Edwin Diaz, he looks like the Edwin Diaz of old. He's been very good. Seth Lugo, Drew Smith, Adam Adovino. Uh, again, I don't, I don't watch the Mets every day. I don't know exactly all the guys that they have in their bullpen uh, that are their top guys, but just looking at the numbers and, and overall comparing them, I think the Braves have a pretty good edge in the bullpen, but, if the Mets starters go six, seven innings and all they have to rely on is Diaz and Lugo and, and Smith and Ottavino, uh, then that kind of neutralizes what the Braves could have a benefit in. Um, you know, if you get to the Mets bullpen, you know, in the fifth, sixth inning, I think that gives you an opportunity. But their back end guys are so good that it kind of takes that advantage away. But just kind of comparing the pitching staffs, I'd give a slight edge to the Mets and I'd give a pretty big edge to the Braves bullpen. So these are two very comparable teams, two very comparable pitching staffs, and I'm sure we'll be matching them up all year long. All right, next question comes from Steve Lamb. Says, what do you think the Braves do with Strider if when Soroka comes back, I think he goes back to the bullpen? So this is a very interesting question, um, mainly because you say when if Mike Soroka comes back, and I think – that is definitely the way to phrase it because I've been saying all year long, don't count on anything for Mike Soroka. If he comes back and he is the Mike Soroka that we have seen in the past and great, I'm just not counting on that happening. And I don't, I don't think you should either, but let's say he comes back. Let's say he goes into the rotation. What do you do with Spencer Strider? Um, and that, that is a very, very good question. And one, I don't know that I have an answer for, but I do think once you get in the postseason, I think Strider goes back to the bullpen if the Braves get to the postseason. And I think it could happen even before that. If Soroka does come back, Morton's pitching more like he's capable of, Anderson's pitching more like he's capable of, then I think maybe you do move Spencer Strider back to the bullpen. And a lot of that depends on what the bullpen looks like. Is Tyler Matzik the Matzik that we are used to seeing? Does Kirby Yates still have it? You know, if that happens and the bullpen really settles out and there's not a huge need for Spencer Strider, and if it doesn't, then I think the Braves could have a really big need for Spencer Strider in the bullpen because while the bullpen has been one of the best in baseball, you know, who do you really trust in high leverage situations? For me right now, it's Minter and most of the time, Kenley Jansen, although he can make it a bit interesting at times. I've been a big supporter of Will Smith. I don't trust him in big moments right now. So again, I think there could be a bigger need in the bullpen than there is in the rotation come the playoff stretch, postseason stretch and into the postseason. And that's where I think Spencer Strider could have a bigger role. The other thing to consider 
obviously the 2020 season, he only threw 12 innings at Clemson. Obviously, there was no professional ball for minor leaguers that year. And then he threw 94 innings last year. So how far are the Braves really going to let him go this year? Does he get up to 150 innings? So that's something you have to keep in mind as well as how far do the Braves let his his innings get this year, considering he's only thrown or the highest most innings he's ever thrown professionally uh, is 94. Well, more so around 100, you account for the innings that Spencer Strider threw uh, for the Braves last year. He's actually at 96 in a third innings last season. So again, Spencer Strider's in the starting rotation for now until I think at least August. And then if Soroka's back at that point and, you know, there's a need in the bullpen, then I think maybe you have to consider moving Strider back there. But he keeps pitching like he is right now in the rotation. It'd be really hard to take him out of there. Uh, So that's a a decision that we'll have to make on down the road. But I think it's all just going to depend on where's the bigger need. Where do you need Spencer Strider more? Do you need him as a fifth starter or do you need him as a bullpen arm? It's really, and then we've seen him excel at both both places now. So you feel comfortable moving him wherever the biggest need is. All right, final question here. This one also from E. Goldie said, which five players are you most excited about to see perform on the College World Series stage? Asking for a friend who hasn't paid much attention to college baseball but enjoys the College World Series. And he said, me, I'm the friend. So um, E. Goldie, you asked for five players. I'm going to give you one player from each team. So I'm going to give you eight players total. And even that is hard to limit it down to. From Texas, it's Ivan Melendez, a Golden Spikes Award finalist, one of the best players in all of college baseball. Heard somebody on a podcast of the day compare him to uh, Miggy Cabrera. So definitely an exciting player to watch. Uh, you want to want to keep an eye on him. Notre Dame is the most veteran team here. They have a lot of graduates, uh, upperclassmen on this team. But the guy I want to watch is Jack Finley, and he's a freshman pitcher. And he threw five shutout innings against the number one team in the nation to punch their ticket to Omaha. That is highly impressive for a freshman pitcher. So I want to see what Jack Finley can do on the big stage in Omaha. For Oklahoma, the guy is Peyton Graham. Uh, Been one of the best hitters in all of college baseball this year. He's had some clutch hits in the postseason already. So Peyton Graham's the guy you want to watch for Oklahoma. Also a big draft prospect. Dylan Rock for Texas A&M. It's been outstanding for them all year offensively. A lot of home runs, big power. Uh, gets on base, just kind of does everything in the middle of that Texas A&M lineup. For Stanford, it's Brock Jones. Again, was a lot of people thought he could go 1-1 in this year's draft. It's kind of fallen out of favor with a lot of scouts, uh, but still one of the best players in college baseball. Big left-handed hitter uh, for the Stanford Cardinals, so you'll want to watch uh, Brock Jones. And then Arkansas, I mean, there's a number of guys you could watch here, but I'm going to go with my personal bias here in Jalen Battles. He may not be the best hitter on this team uh, may not be the best player on this team but I love watching him play if you listen to the podcast before you know I'm a huge fan of shortstops it's my favorite position it's a position I played and Jalen Battles is I think the best defensive shortstop in all of college baseball and he may end up being the best shortstop in all of college baseball the quickest hands I've ever seen at the plate so I love watching Jalen Battles for Arkansas Ole Miss you got to go with the legend Tim Elko um, just an amazing story there. Played last year on a, a torn ACL. Was just hitting bombs all day long. 
Uh, great story there for Ole Miss and Tim Elko. And then Auburn. It's a Sonny DeShera show. I love Sonny D. Obviously, I'm an Auburn grad, so I'll be cheering for the, the Tigers very hard, but I love Sonny DeShera. You had not watched him. He was the co-SEC player of the year. Uh, he just hits, and he's really fun to watch. Had a big home run against Oregon State and the Super Regionals to help punch their ticket to Omaha. So those are some names to watch for each team, and the College World Series does start this afternoon, and we'll be going through the next week or so. I love the College World Series. It's one of the best. The postseason in general from the regions, regionals, Super Regionals, and Omaha, the College World Series, to me, uh, is some of the best baseball that you will see. So I'm very pumped up. Thank you for the question. It got me even more excited about this weekend's action in Omaha. All right, next we'll preview this Cubs series and see if the Braves can continue their winning ways and keep their winning streak alive and win another series. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest developments, news, and odds, including, well, not this year's NBA Finals anymore. I believe that was wrapped up on Thursday night. Forgive me, I'm not a huge NBA guy. Uh, also got the NHL Finals going on. Major League Baseball season is in full swing, of course. And then you got the latest from Fighting News, MMA, UFC, and boxing. Bet online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. This weekend for the Atlanta Braves will be going up against the Chicago Cubs. And I kind of touched on this a little bit on yesterday's podcast, but Cubs lost again on Thursday. They've now lost 10 in a row. And during that stretch, they played some good teams. They played St. Louis, the Yankees, and the Padres. The Padres are really hot right now. They've taken over um, that lead in the NL West. They also played Baltimore in there for a couple of games and lost those as well. So been a rough go of things for the Cubs lately. They've been outscored in that stretch 90 to 30. So they're not just losing games. They're losing games bad. So hopefully that trend continues over the weekend. Again, I'm a big believer in odds, and I'd say the Cubs aren't going to lose 13 in a row, which kind of makes me nervous for this weekend. And I'd say the Braves aren't going to win 17 in a row, which makes me a little nervous for this weekend. But definitely you like the trends that both teams are going with the Braves winning and the Cubs losing, and hopefully that will continue. But the Braves have two pitchers going this weekend that, again, I don't have a lot of confidence in with Charlie Morton on Friday and Ian Anderson on Sunday. So those games make me a little worried but let's break down each matchup really quickly charlie morton versus keegan thompson on friday thompson a 367 era on the year 49 innings pitch start of the year as a reliever 39 strikeouts 1.24 whips overall his numbers are very good but five and a third is the longest outing he's had all year again started the season as a reliever so not really stretched out to go deep into games and you want to get into that cubs bullpen that is their huge weakness is that bullpen. They probably could use Jesse Chavez back. They already DFA'd Sean Newcomb. Um, uh, Keegan Thompson's given up 13 in earned runs in nine innings in three June starts, so has not been great in June. Hopefully that trend continues. For Morton, figure it out. I mean, uh, get past the first inning issues. Give me a complete game. That's what I'm looking for. I know that's what he is looking for. I just need some confidence in Charlie Morton. I don't have that right now. On Saturday, Kyle Wright versus Justin Steele. Uh, Steele has a 4.33 ERA, 1.46 WHIP, and 50 strikeouts in 54 innings. His last two starts, though, he has been very good. Seven innings in his last two outings, only giving up two earned runs. So he has been very good in June. 
Kyle Wright, seven innings, three hits, four walks, one earned, and eight strikeouts against the Cubs back in April. He's gone at least six innings in his last four games, giving up three earned or less in all of those. So looking for another good outing from Kyle Wright. Six, seven innings, two earned or less. I will take that from Kyle Wright on Saturday. And then Sunday, you have Ian Anderson versus Kyle Hendricks. Uh, Hendricks has not been the guy we're used to seeing in the past, but you know what he's capable of. A 4.95 ERA this year, 1.30 whip, and just 43 strikeouts in 63 and two-thirds innings. He's always been a guy that not relying on the strikeouts. He's relying on weak contact, um, but hopefully the Rays are able to get after him. And then for Ian Anderson, not great his last time out. Has given up four or more runs in four of his last five starts. So he needs a good one, just like Charlie Morton. Both those guys looking to uh, bounce back, have some good outings this weekend, and hopefully keep the Braves' winning streak alive. Well, that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Again, I'll be on vacation this weekend, and we won't be back with Locked On Braves until next Wednesday. Grant McCauley will have the postcast for you uh, for a couple of games over the weekend and Monday as well, so make sure that you look for that on the Locked On Braves podcast feed as well as on Locked On Sports Atlanta's YouTube page. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Make sure you rate Review and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 